spidey senses tingling. Hello, hello. We got a jam-packed show. Tiny, slim Robinson. I don't even get it. Tiny Tim? Oh, I didn't know his last name was Robinson. I, can't, I think I would just It wasn't up. Robinson. Paper Keg 23. Uh, the most popular podcast on the face of this earth. We go over industry news. The books we're reading. New and old. You know, we don't just do new. We ain't no scrubs. But I am hanging on the passenger side of my best friend's ride. We'll go over the book club this week. It's none other than the first trade of Conan by Kurt Busiek, Carrie Nord, and Dave Stewart. Should I do the Busiek sounder? Are we maybe ready? We should, maybe we should wait for it. Okay. Uh, and then we'll read your letters. Uh, we have a, we have we have four hosts. Uh, usually, one isn't here. God rest his soul. Um, to my right, Mark has been waiting for this day for at least one and a half months. Note that you call me Mark as my previous moniker of DC historian is now null and void. Did I? Affi- I didn't. I didn't officially introduce you yet. Oh, my fault. Sorry. As you are, go ahead. I don't even want to do it anymore. Mark's here. here the, he look of, <laughs> the look of disdain on my producer's face Mark, is incredible. Mark was previously uh, a DC historian. Uh, don't let the bassy voice fool you. He He's fresh now. The DC has been rebooted. We're going to talk about Justice League number one. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for that heartwarming Welcome. Mm. Mark, Mark, I gotta ask, yeah, now but, you and I have the same amount of DC knowledge. How does that make you feel right now? Me, you, and every other reader out there. Yeah? It's all on the ground level, We're brother. all DC historians. Uh, that but white, I'm still angry black man. That white man you hear is none other than uh, your local friend, your local writer... He is none other than Jonesy. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for uh, coming back to the Comics Loft. Uh, you know, we usually like to record two episodes in one sitting. We couldn't do that last no, week. Couldn't. So uh, they were nice enough to come back for a second visit. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. This is a big day. Uh, the Justice League number one is out. Flashpoint is over. Thank God. Uh, we might not even address it. It's over. We gotta mention. I can't just let this go. Come on. Uh, Justice League number one is out. Same day digital. It's available at comicsology.com. Check it out. I don't work for them or anything. <laughs> um, we've all read it. We're gonna talk about it right now. We're yeah. just going right into it. Do Guitar it. solo is over. I heard from some fans on Twitter that. A couple stores around the country even had a midnight release party Yeah, at their local shops, really? open from midnight to 2 a.m. to buy Flashpoint 5 and Justice League you number know, 1. Mark, I'm old now. I can't be going out at midnight, 2 a.m. to read comic books. I just, you know. I think most readers are old like us now. I don't, or, or I don't older. have it in me anymore. They're like 10 to 20 years older than you, most of them, I think. Bruh, I did the same thing you did. I went to sleep because I knew I could download Justice League on my comics. That's right. Yeah. 2 p.m. It was released to the world on the digital space. Yeah, I had to wait, of course, till I got home mm-hmm. before I could. Uh, but you know, I set up myself. I, I ran a little bath, lit some candles, shower beers. You went you into know, a bath, had some shower beers with, with an iPad. Well, you see what I do is I, I hold it off to my left, oh, that's so it's not actually over perfectly, the water. Perfectly safe. Yeah. So you know, I was. I risked it, mm-hmm. and it was worth it. You, you, know, you I, just, I had to spoil myself. You know? right. Now, mm-hmm. Slim, I'm going to ask you to put your Comixology employee hat on for a second. Okay, it's on. Get official. Yeah. 2 p.m., is that going to be the official release time going forward? Yes. So at 2 p.m. is when I can go get my new comics. Absolutely. You know, uh, I personally would love it to be available 9 a.m. on the East Coast. <sighs> 
You know, we got to think about the West Coast people. F them. The hell we do. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jurassic Alien and uh, <laughs> J.M. Stump. We got to think about them. You know, we, we can't be – because it's twofold. You know, we actually mainly onefold. Retailers over there on the West Coast, they can't open up at whatever a.m. it is at 9 a.m. on the six. East Coast. Six. They can't open up at 6 a.m. Not with that attitude. You they know can. what? I no. want an I am just so I can tweet people on the West Coast, mm. panel by panel descriptions. <laughs> uh, you know these re- these retailers they they they're not going to want to open up at six or you know they're Alaska. Like they're what time is it in Alaska? Night? I don't know. Like one, one o'clock the day before. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but I'll just take your word for it. So yeah, two p.m. is the is the time going forward for the DC um, Justice League number one. Geoff Johns and Jim Lee. Uh huh. Jim Lee killed it. I'll say it right now. He yeah, killed it. Definitely killed it. Come on. We knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jim Lee was going to straight kill it. Ice cold. Kilt it or we kill it? it? He said kill. I thought the slang was kilt. So we're the, yeah. we're the white guys saying kilt and you're saying kill. Well, it's kind of like shizzle. After y'all started using it, it got old. So I just had to bring back some. What if we start saying y'all? Are you going to stop or going to say, like, nah, you all? I, I don't think uh, y'all is uh, racial. <laughs> Once you all start saying shizzle, so Mark's going to start <laughs> What line did we say last episode that got me good? I don't know. So I'm going to wait, but white boy voice. It was the white boy voice. So Justice League, fresh out of the flashpoint by the Qbert and the Joff Johns. Uh, it's out. Not the Qbert. It's, it's over. Andy Qbert. Not the better Qbert, Adam. I was going to say. Uh, so this is this this takes place with the Batman, you know, going through uh, coming out and about. Uh, he's been an urban legend for untold amount of years. That's how they're they're saying the whole Robin thing. There's like nine Robins out there and, a, did, and, and five Batgirls. Yeah, the deal responded to some fans saying that the only way he could have all of those Robins is if Robin was like an intern program for the DCU. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Is it? Not at all. For those at home, I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes and shaking my head. I was here and I couldn't even tell. <laughs> um, aside from the shenanigans of the Robins, uh, which isn't addressed in this issue, it opens up with the Batman going off to uh, to fight what looks like a a Damonite a parad- from the old wild, wild Storm era. Oh, wow, good callback. A parademon for all you Jack Kirby Fourth World fans. Remember so. that theme song for the Wildcats cartoon? I remember nerves one... of steel, wildcats. They're for real. <laughs> Remind me to talk about theme songs when we get to Conan. Right. Good uh, heavens! I, I, only remember, I only remember the one part of Wildcats at the end was like Wildcats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh somebody bring that up on YouTube. Moving on. Uh, so Green Lantern <laughs> is introduced with the Batman. Um, we might have to just shut the show off. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm fine. All I'm right. fine. All right. So, it green, the whole issue was Green Lantern and Batman. There's no Justice League. Which I thought was good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if you would have tried to throw all seven characters in there, I think it just would have been too busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think even the two-page uh, insert of uh, Cyborg in there was... What, what what was the point? He was a kid, right? He's young. Yeah, he's a, like a high school football hero. Hmm. Just like he was in the Super Friends days, but he's going to be our gateway person. We're going to be viewing this through his eyes, I imagine. Mm-hmm. This is not only the origin of the Justice League, but the origin of Cyborg as well in the new DC. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like okay. he's going to be the uh, stepping stone uh, into the Justice League. So, so him and Green Lantern meet up. Batman makes fun of him for a while. For like... Twelve pages, <laughs> half the book. It's 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 actually. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I liked it. The part where he's like, "Take your flashlight and go home," <laughs> and then the one se- uh, segment where he just like shows up. He uh, the next page, he has Green Lantern's ring in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> and Green Lantern's like, "How did you? What is the you have my ring?" <laughs> and he's like phasing out of costume. Um, so yeah, it's it's him and Green Lantern going after uh, that character, but they they talk about the Superman. I don't think they call him the Superman. That alien in Metropolis. Yeah. yeah. They refer to him as the alien. So they go, they think they can find out more about this other alien that they encounter by going after Superman. Uh, and they find him in Metropolis. They zoom over Cyborg's high school, which is how they kind of show you more about Cyborg. And then they encounter uh, Superman at the end of the issue. 
So you see Superman in all his glory in his uh, new costume. Yeah. I thought the weird... The only part I didn't like about the new costume, look, I like the fact that they deleted the undies. Yeah, me too. It didn't look bad. I liked his new belt. It was kind of, you know... I, I didn't like the fact that it was red, to be honest, but I thought the weird sleeves really didn't do it for me. The you fact guys that they're that? armored or... No, that they come to a point to on his, his like, hand. Yeah, they go for like up to his knuckles almost. It's weird. I don't like it. I like it. Uh... He, when you look at like um, the Flash, I just realized the other day that the Flash doesn't wear like a different colored underwear. His costume is all one unibody color. Yeah, it's been like that forever. I know, but you just don't, like don't even realize it. Like in Wolverine, I just realized that he doesn't wear the undies anymore. Ever since that redesign, oh, from Astonishing, from yeah, from that era, yeah. they got rid of the underwear for him. Are you talking about the unitard suit? Yeah, but just yeah, like red, up, like any like superheroes that have underwear over their costume. Oh yeah, like You're right. Like Superman is like the last big one that that did it. I'm Batman. Uh, do they? Well, they don't sh- really show. He kind of just wears like a uni unibody colored costume now. Yeah. Um. Well, he does in he did in the Dark or Finches of the Dark Knight, and oh, in Batman Inc. He was he was in that suit without the undies. Right. What like, does Green does Green Lantern have the undies? He has like uh, he's more of the flash full body suit. His costume changed a bit. Yeah, it has this it, one. it reminds me more of his first flight costume. Mm, Remember yes. that animated movie mm-hmm. where it was like more of like a black body suit with like green armor imposed on it? Right. Yeah. Now, I know that you guys were never big traditional DC fans, but this is the kind of book that was targeted towards you. Did you care for it? You're comic fans. You not you don't read DC, but you mm-hmm. read Justice League. Yeah, that's right. We are yeah. the demo. What'd you think? I liked. I mean, I'm gonna come back for more. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I'll be back. Now imagine same characters, another number one classic DC. Would you have at least? Do you think you would have liked it? What's then? the question? If they didn't do this reboot, so they just started another Justice League line in the DCU classic. No. No. Why is it? Uh, I think what I liked about the book was the fresh take of these characters don't know each other, that the world doesn't know who superheroes are. I, I mean, I like the fact that they they retconned everything. You know, it gives me a chance as a new reader to jump on board. And you know what? I know DC fans are so mad that they lost their, you know, Action Comics issue 74 appearance of the Atom you know, making out with Mom Kent. I realize that that's you know people hold on to that. I want to buy that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just you know maybe maybe I wrote that in my head. No, but I think the fact that I know just as much about these characters as the person next to me buying it is appealing, and that I'm expected to know as much as yeah. the random Joe that I've never met. Okay, yeah, it's it a huge really selling point. it drew me in. Cool. Oh, I uh, I I don't know if I, how I feel about only seeing really just two characters in the first issue like i'm trying to think as like a standalone issue for a new reader uh i don't know maybe i would have wanted more but again i also would have wanted to be a 30 maybe 32 page book maybe oversize yeah it. why did they not oversize it i, I figure know. for a, a relaunch of an entire new line of comic books yeah, i don't know it would be oversized especially for the price tag mm-hmm. i'm kind of curious one of the things that kind of threw me was They've been making a big push that they're going to steer away from building towards the trade, kind of do away with multi-part stories. And I guess in hindsight, the only way to do the origin of the Justice League is to break it up. I wasn't expecting it to be continued in this book. Well, um, didn't Dedeo say that the arcs would move away from five to seven parters to more three-parters and more one-offs? That's what he said. I mean, And so- this, I believe, is supposed to be a six-parter. Wow, oh, really? Six yeah. parts. That's too big. That is too big. I mean, shizzle. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I didn't want to like it, but I liked it. I thought it was a good book. You didn't want to like it? I didn't want to like it. Stop being a P word. Yeah, well, I'm being real with you. <laughs> Can a brother keep it real? Damn. So you're disappointed, but but you did you disappointed that you liked it, but you're happy that you, you happy you liked it? I'm happy I liked it. Uh, look at the art team. You got Jim Lee, Jeff Johns on it. Let's be honest, it's going to do well. Mm. Having said that, for me personally, I don't understand why they couldn't do this in DC Classic. Do you feel like you liking this, be, you like you that you betrayed all your friends that are like you and your DC historian 
voice. Like, and do you think Mackle Henley will ever speak to you again? And you've betrayed <laughs> that guy that you hung out with in Stanley's line. Yeah, that, that you guy. befriended. All up in the conversation. I uh, don't think I betrayed them. If you remember the point one episode we did when they announced this, part of my tirade was that I don't want this. I didn't ask for it. I'm annoyed at it, but I'm going to read it, and I'm probably going to like it. And here I am, unfortunately, absolutely right. I read it. I don't want to like it, but I like it, and I'm going to come back for more. And DC was counting on that. They knew people like me were going to keep reading it mm-hmm. and continue to read it. we're all suckers. We are suckers. And uh, what no, was I the think quote? they should renumber Marvel. I think that should be, they should follow suit. I'm fine with renumbering, and I say it every almost every episode. I want them to renumber and follow the Dark Horse Hellboy numbering. That's what I want. That's what I want in a perfect world. Just do it. Yeah? Mark, just do it. Hey, talk to your boy Joey Q. I don't know. I've never met him. Yeah? Yet. (laughs) I'm I'm curious (laughs) as to how the quality of the other 51 books are going to be i don't know about all that yeah i think that the core titles like action detective well maybe not detective with that team wonder woman batman wonder woman superman and probably green lantern are going to be lantern i don't even know what i said lantern green lantern are going to be like really high quality books and i think the rest of it is going to be trash Oof! What about Grifter? What about um, uh, what's Animal Man with uh, Mr. Lemire? Yeah. We were talking you about know, Swamp Jeff Thing. Lemire can do no wrong. Swamp Thing uh, looks pretty good. Yannick Paquet. Gr- Who's the? What's the team on Grifter? I'm sorry. Internet darling Scott Snyder. Uh, I'll buy it. <laughs> That's all you had to say. Uh, Frankenstein is not supposed to be getting Flame. some buzz. Yeah, Paul Cornell on Stormwatch is getting buzz. Man, Paul Cornell is the new Brian Michael Bendis. Jeff Lemire is writing Animal Man, and what else is he writing? I think Frankenstein. Yeah. I mean, myself, and I thought, I didn't think I was alone on this, but I know I'm going to read every number one, so I'll re- I'll jump in every now and then and let you guys know what I think is interesting. We appreciate that, Mark. You should just do a 52-hour episode where you go in-depth <laughs> about every issue. Fully sober, no alcohol. Just you in front of a mirror. <laughs> It's like me and on the pot. That's right. Um, so that's the Justice League. Uh, I recommend it. I give it the old recommendation. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll second that emotion. Yeah. We got a lot to get to. This show. Set it off. Um, do we want to get into the comics, or do we have any other news we, we want to get? We to? had some news we wanted to get to. Um, the Batgirl preview came out last week. Anyone see it? I didn't see it, and. I don't know if you've been reading the New York Post or lately. I read it all the time. It's a lie. The Batgirl reboot has been getting a lot of press in New York Post over the last week. I think the Nerdy Bird is quoted in there every day now. Jesus. Who's the Nerdy Bird? She is a DC fangirl slash popular blogger who is battling multiple sclerosis and is in a wheelchair. She identifies with Barbara Gordon, and she had, I don't want to say it was a personal reaction, but... She had a very strong reaction to them making Oracle able to walk again. Mm-hmm. Strong negative reaction, I imagine. It wasn't. It was negative, but it was professionally negative. It wasn't just moaning and complaining for the sake of complaining. Like DC women kicking ass. Right. <laughs> right. And she has such a strong following and such a well-articulated voice that the press is actually following her and addressing it with her. She talks. There's a couple of articles with her and Gail Simone and other bat writers talking about it. It's interesting. Is uh, the nerdy bird on the Twitter? She oh, oh yeah, she is. Yes, I'll she is. To, I'll have to follow her. I don't know. You'll probably mute her. <laughs> Jonesy is getting used I'm the king to the... of mute. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> if I know Jonesy, I th- I imagine him texting me the next day like, "Oh, nerdy bird." <laughs> Um, Why so, did my text end? <laughs> is that how I type it out? Yes. <laughs> the Batgirl preview from the New York Post, I wanted to read it, but the images that they put up were so small, I couldn't read any of the text, but I do know that they said that they mentioned the killing joke in it. So it did happen. Really? It did happen. Scott Snyder says that there are story reasons for Barbara Gordon getting our legs back and that the killing joke yeah, happened. I'm sure, I'm sure once we start reading a book, we can find out, but 
That's like them getting like their most credible voice to say something. <laughs> oh, just have Snyder say it. They'll believe anything I Snyder know, says. Really. Guys, I don't believe this. If you want that job, Scott, you will say. Well, there's only so many times Gail Simone can say, "Guys, I just read this book. It's amazing." And then you know her legion. Gail of... Simone muted her. <laughs> I don't even know why you follow anyone outside of the people in this room. Um, so yeah, the Batgirl. I wanted to see. It was just a useless preview. The text was so small. Um, but that's the outside of that. We got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. Mark, did you have any other news that you wanted to hit? No, I really didn't. Uh, Dead Man, the CW. Did we talk about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Probably the worst news item we've ever had on the show. Fan Expo, not too much came out of that. New JSA. Um, that was in Canada. Did what, you read that article? Maybe it was not not today, but maybe last Monday. <clears throat> in that uh, it was released that in the 80s, Marvel had the opportunity to buy DC's properties mm-hmm. license mm-hmm. and then marvel turned them down so that's the reason they did crisis on infinite earth to try to reboot sales i don't know that's like an untold story of the comic book industry it was that's that scary was that public knowledge before that was released last week I or know. i didn't know about that and you're you were a dc historian at one point exactly i mean it's not that it's even Former. credible anymore but yeah, well can't take away the degree it's still hanging on the wall <laughs> that, so, could you so imagine have a little batman on it <laughs> could you imagine under one publishing house, you had the Marvel characters and the DC characters. They'd I can't even they'd fathom flub that. it. They would flub it. It reminds yeah. me of uh, Amalgam Comics. No, it reminds me Remember of those? something way better: professional wrestling. When Fitz McMahon oh, yeah. bought uh, WCW and then brought him in for like the storyline where they invaded, and then he they effed it up and they wasted the whole company in like a month. So they, you could have had you could have kept them both operating, but they didn't. You know. They probably would have done that. They would have brought the characters in, and then the prestige would have been uh, dissolved. I don't think DC characters and Marvel characters can coexist. Did you ever read Kurt Busiek's JLA Avengers story? No. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it, but you 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 really can't have mutants exist in a world where there's a Superman. You're right. You're absolutely right. You can't have... The Marvel heroes, where they inherently win by failing. They every time they win, there's a little bit of failure. Versus the DC heroes, who at the end of the day come out on top. You are absolutely right. Wow, relax, Mark. Yeah. Just Gospel. <laughs> relax. Josie is, is freaked out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's gonna want to hug it out later. You Dude. just lost your hug. You just lost your post show hug. We we've got to get into the comic talk right now. We're gonna change it up. We're gonna start with none other. That local writer <laughs> extraordinaire. He is at Jonesy Loves Beer on the Twitter. Jonesy, what are you reading? I read Wolverine 14. Damn it. It's on my list. Sorry. You want me to switch to Ultimates <laughs> no, 1? No. no? Like, I, read, I read that too. All right. Wolverine 14 wrapped up uh, Jason Aaron's storyline of the Red Right Hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it follows uh, this revenge character as a young boy whose mother works for shield and uh you know she's a nurse in a secret facility medical facility it takes place during a wolverine a- agent of shield run or is momentarily taken over by the hand you guys remember that mm. i remember that so uh wolverine wakes up pops his claws kills this guy's mom can you believe this right now so I read it. Uh, <laughs> so Wolverine, uh, back in the present, um, breaks through finally. Wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry, you said back in the present, right? Yes. Like it flashbacked. Shut up! Is that a callback? It was a callback. Are you flashing back right now? As a matter That's of fact, thus nullifying your entire argument. Well, <laughs> Wolverine has a flashback. Surprising. I'm sorry, you were saying. Anyway, so um, Wolverine breaks through to the red right hand control room. And they're all dead. They all poisoned themselves. The point of the story was not to let Wolverine get the satisfaction of killing them. But to, uh, should I spoil it, Slim? Yeah, I think we should. uh, Yeah, you should fast forward if you haven't read this. So at the end of of the issue, Wolverine opens this dossier. I love that word. Yeah. I want to read a dossier on lozenges. 
It's almost as good as the word communique. Uh, I love the communique also. <laughs> so um, as he flips through this dossier, you see his face that he cannot believe what he's reading to be true. And uh, the recording starts in the background saying that this wasn't a revenge. This was your initiation into the red right hand because these five people that you killed to get to us were your children. Yeah, that one was... Uh... So, yeah, the... How'd you feel about that, the, the The issues leading up to this final part were, you know... Uh... Involving him fighting these two mutants, and like they were kind of the bodyguards for this phase, he would kill them. He would go to another phase, uh, and kill another guy, and then so on and so forth. And then so it's revealed that, you know, we didn't want to give you the satisfaction. He gets the red right hand; they're all dead. You know, we killed ourselves, so we wanted you to experience the pain you put us through. You know, because these are all people that were like Wolverine had killed their family members. I didn't even see that one coming at yeah. all. That they were all the, right out of so they field. recruited. They somehow found Wolverine's kids, various you know, out of a wedlock, obviously, because um, you got to th- think Wolverine's you know had a few kids over the hundreds of years he's been alive. Um, I didn't see it coming at all. No, I was stunned. You're okay with Wolverine having all of these adult kids running around? Yeah, I mean he's got that stupid loser Dagon running around. The guy's useless. Cares. Might as well throw in some other ones. Yeah, just gonna get killed. A majority of his personal history, he can't remember, even with the restoration mm. of his origin from uh, House of M. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure he got pretty hammered and hooked up with a lady, and boom, Kid. Jim Halla Jr. J H J. So, so the ending of the book is him coming to grips with that he just murdered some of his children. And, uh, you know, the animal within is coming back out, apparently, in the next uh, issue. What did they tease? The last uh, episode said the end of Wolverine as the next story arc? Maybe. You know what that reminds me of? The end of Wolverine? Wolverine the end? No. (laughs) No, Old Man Logan. Oh, yeah. The the reveal of that book. I don't think this is as good as the reveal of Old Man Logan. No, that was classic. I guess when you think about it, it's kind of similar. Now that you really put them next to each other. Remember that one, Mark? I remember that. Oh, yeah, I liked God. it. Oh, I liked the cover Logan. is uh, right here if you want to read it. And he puts his head on the train tracks. That's I the mean, day Wolverine died. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> uh, See, so yeah, I loved, uh, I loved that that storyline. I'm not sure how I felt about this, like the final issue leading up with another flashback, but it was a good flashback to see, you know, who this person was that he killed. And an awesome tie-in to the Millar run. Now, the one beef I got with Wolverine is, and maybe this is part he, of his character. Is he too awesome? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. I'm done. I, I knew it. Is I get that he's old and he's been around for like 120 years or something like that. But he's been around so long that any cliche story plot you want to do with Wolverine, you can write into his history. Like... He had just has these kids walking around that he never knew about, and he—that's cliche. That he that Wolverine murdered kids. It's that like he didn't soap know about? opera. Well, not the murdering kids. Welcome that to he didn't know about. books. What, what soap opera <laughs> have you been watching where that's like standard trope? Where people find out that they don't have or that they had kids that they didn't know about, but then they murdered them. Eh, the murdering thing is a little <laughs> bit new, <laughs> but the kids. Eh. I'm, I'm sorry, glad you, guys, I'm sorry you? you feel that way. I'm glad you guys like it. I'm Did sorry this isn't JSA on Earth 2 where they're all high-fiving each other talking about the good old times. They like being heroes. Now they let like me, my heroes they like being canceled. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> let me let me flip the script, as it were. Uh-huh. Let's say you found out, Farrington, that uh, Catman <laughs> had a couple kids <laughs> and then he went back in and had to kill him. You'd be sitting here singing the praises of how awesome that arc was. Am I right? Am I right right now about Catman? No, That's the so. most absurd question I've ever heard. <laughs> Am I right right now about Catman? <laughs> I want to loop that out make that a ringtone. Am I right right now about Catman? Am I right right now about Catman? <laughs> I want to ban Catman from the, from the show forever. 
<laughs> we haven't brought up Dexter in a while. Oh, and the Red Lanterns are getting their own cat. book. <laughs> Hang in there, Dexter. All right, we got to move on. All right. That was Wolverine 14. Love that book. Uh, Mark Farrington. Did you go yet? I haven't gone yet. Let's move it on. Up to you. FF number eight. Mm. I'm just kidding. I love the Hickman. I did too. I love the Hickman's run on Fantastic Four. But FF, it's starting to fizzle out. Starting to fizzle out? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I miss Dale's classic jokes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, To anybody who's been reading, it's continuing Hickman's ongoing arc of the War of the Reed Richards in the Ford Cities. The alternate versions of the Reed Richards introduced in Hickman's first Fantastic Four arc are going have split up and created a war amongst four cities, the Inhumans, the High Evolutionaries, Atlantis, and somewhere else, and pitted them against each other. Unfortunately, this arc has been going on for so long, I forget why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I forget uh, how they're going to stop them. I do like seeing all of the Fantastic Four villains banding together to team up and kill these Reed Richards. Oh, that's pretty cool. But other than that, it's... We got a lot of uh, hate mail on our uh, FF hate a couple weeks ago from at uh, Mandy Boo. She loves the Hickman, everything he does, you know? I'm not a fan of the Fantastic Four stuff, you know? Give me the omnibus in 20 years when all his storylines are wrapped up, and then I'll maybe I'll read it. Yeah, I think the only issue I enjoyed was when... Um, they first got all the um, villains together, and um, they were kind of sitting in the room just talking about the ways that they would kill Reed Richards. They've been thinking of years about killing Reed Richards, but I'm not sure this music is appropriate. <laughs> but you know, it, was it issue four that I'm talking about? It was around there. I think either four or five. Yeah, that was good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. I. I feel like we wasted the music on that one. We didn't do it last week, so. He wasn't feeling passionate about it. Um, now, have you dropped FF? Yeah, I think I dropped after issue five. Five. I was surprised. Usually you say that, and then you would come back the next week like, oh, FF, I read this last week. <laughs> what did I do there on Dakin? I kept going back for that more. That was an unfortunate series of episodes for you. <laughs> Is Dakin still being published? Daniel um, Way, he gets me like that every time. I don't know. The sales, they just changed creative teams, and the sales aren't so hot, so I'm not sure. I see your Wolverine Origins trade here at the table. Slim, did you want to borrow this? Uh, is that Origins, or is that Our War? Wolverine Origins. The book is Wolverine Origins, but Our War is the story yeah, arc. That's one of my favorite story arcs that came out of that Wolverine Origins run. Wolverine Origins is dreadful. Let's move on. Okay. What you reading, Slim? What did I read? Let's get into a little schism. Okay. I'm with you. Jason Aaron again. You know, we're doing a lot of heavy-hitting books this week. I apologize to all those indie lovers. You know? If Dale were here, he would have, it would have their back. He would, and then he'd talk about a book I've never heard of, ever. Uh, schism number three came out. Uh, two weeks ago, I believe. Uh, I was kind of meh on the first two issues of Schism. Did that hold up for the third? Oh, it's on like gangbusters, my friend. Schism Ooh. 3. Big time. Uh, so we're finally getting to the quote-unquote Schism for the characters Wolverine and Cyclops. Um, uh, as you know, the Sentinels are operable in some countries, and they're taking action against mutants. So there's a kind of mutant museum that has opened, so the X-Men send some Magneto, Colossus, and Emma Frost to kind of be... Show of force? Yeah. To kind of say, like, oh, yeah, we're still here and in the public and all this other junk. But some the new Hellfire Club show up, and they're, they're kids. They're like these brilliant masterminds. that Baby have, geniuses? Yeah, they've killed their parents and so forth. Uh, so they wreak havoc and they they take over the X Men like pretty handily, and the the young mutants I think one of which is from Generation Hope I'm she not is. sure she's left there 
and she doesn't know what to do to kind of take action against the Hellfire Club or to kind of wait until the X-Men get there. So there's this really awesome scene where Cyclops is on a jetpack and he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's jetpacking to the location and Wolverine is at a bar and he leaves and he's just like running through the streets to, to, to try to get there in time. And they both, and they have a psychic link with this girl, but Wolverine uh, and Cyclops can hear each other, but Wolverine can't speak to the girl when only Cyclops can. So she's asking them, like, what should I do? And and Wolverine is like, don't do anything. You know, it's too dangerous. You're alone. You know, it's not worth it yet. Just wait until we get there. And Cyclops is just kind of sitting there taking it all in. And he tells her, he's like, uh, what was his exact quote? He's like, um, do what you can. Yeah, something do like that. what you think uh, is necessary. Or, you know, pretty much he, he, he gives her the okay to do whatever you want. And Wolverine is, like, yelling at Scott, and he's, like, getting even more pissed off. So he's, like, hopping over cars at this point, and I'm pretty much, my jeans are tight. <laughs> so so she takes action, and she uses her mutant power, and, like, the whole place pretty much blows up to try to get rid of her, the cronies. So you can see at this point, and they finally get there, and Wolverine and Cyclops have at it. And they're ready to just, you know, go at it, and the schism is forming. Just amazing. Love it. Uh, when I don't love, it, I think Alan Davis is drawing the next book. Was it? Is he garbage too? <laughs> uh, I think I got crap from Brad Heitmeyer and possibly Don Garvey about Alan Davis. Um, you know what? Don't like Alan Davis's art, but you like Daniel Acuna. Daniel Acuna killed it on this issue. He's Kilton. Kilton it. He destroyed it. Are we Whatever. still saying Kilton? No, nah, we're done with it. It's right. over. Let's retire it. You didn't like Daniel Acuna's art in this? I don't care for Daniel Acuna's art, period. Green Lantern, um, X-Men Legacy, this, not a fan. What about uh, his Wolverine stuff? You yeah. don't read Wolverine. I, oh, that's all I needed. One more reason not to read Wolverine. You know who you've been hanging out with too much? These guys? The terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right, he's right. Mac, oh. Mac Andy. Um, I, don't really I love think... it. I love every bit of it. Yeah, I think X Men Schism is exactly the story arc that X Men needed to kind of bring it out of its funk. I think Uncanny has been ever since they moved the team to San Francisco Lame. and had uh, the Paradise and all the mutants. Blah 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 blah. Everything's so great. Finally, some conflict. Have I'm you been? Ready. Have you guys been following the teasers for the new lineups for Regenesis? Yeah. I have not. Mm-hmm. Seen some fan favorites come back, like uh, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, Jubilee. Oh uh, come on, Night- how was Nightcrawler back? Yeah, Age in. of Apocalypse. Yeah, tune in and find out. Oh, is it? What did he cross back over with X Force? They haven't revealed yet. It's pretty badass, though. I think. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm. I'm looking. <laughs> The X Men always have that way of making me look forward to what's coming next. You have the and latest. This is doing it. X Force floppies don't work. Yeah, I'll go borrow them off you later. All right, we have to go into the lightning round. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, lightning round. The sounder. lightning round is that means we're running out of time. We are literally running out of tape right now in the machine. Uh, so two sentences or less. One more book. From each host, Jonesy. Ultimates, Volume 5, Issue 1. Where the H did all these Asgardians come from? And why should I care about Nick Fury again? Hmm. Question mark. You don't care about Nick Fury? I only had two sentences, Mark. I still get confused on how the lightning round works. It's okay. I know. It's all right. You we'll and Dale both. It. We'll get through it. Uh, I did read The Ultimates. Uh, I don't call it Volume 5, though. Yeah, that's a little confusing. I didn't realize I was holding <laughs> it. As he holds up four fingers in front of Jonesy. Um, I enjoyed it. Isad Ribic. He was born to draw The Ultimates, Volume oh. 5. <laughs> <laughs> I like the store. Yeah, the, with the beard. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, it was delish. Mark, Mark are Farrington. We, are we, form? we keeping you up over there? Uh, Not know, at all. We just... mentioned Wolverine, and he started zoning out. <laughs> he started dreaming of Booster Gold hopping <laughs> over fences. Cat Man and Booster Gold team up. Wearing a rainbow of lantern-colored rings. 
Kill me now. Batman Incorporated Number Eight by Grant Morrison and Scott Clark. Uh oh. This one got a lot of internet heat. Lightweight piss poor way to end a bat book. The 3D art style reminded me of the reboot, quote unquote, cartoon from the early 90s. Mm. Grant Morrison. What happened? He's too busy promoting his book. He doesn't have time to write comics. Apparently not. Too busy destroying bridges, trying to sell copies. Did you guys read it? No. No. I I was off. I got off at uh, the issue that was the Batwoman tie-in where I had to read eight pages uh, about Batwoman, who I have no desire to care about. And then I got to read four pages about Batman Inc., then we switched back to 10 more pages about Batwoman. It was awful. Awful. Man. Awful stuff. Is it bad? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad? Oh, God. Um, I have some books, but I'm not confident in doing a lightning round for them. I'll be honest. What? Maybe I'll, I'll do one. Don't, I'll do one. You know, don't be a Amazing pee. Spider-Man. 555-556. What happened there? Zeb Wells ah. plus Chris Bacalo Bacella. equals boners. One sentence. That's all I need. <laughs> I love that Zeb Wells. All right. Now I've been waiting to talk about talk to talk to talk, about talk, this talk, book, talk. Uh, for a long time. You know, since I read it, Conan by Kurt Busiek. My favorite. Um, this week's music. Uh, Carrie. No. Nord? Is it Carrie Nord? Is it? It is. No. Who is it? Hold on. Let me go. Let me go to the archives. Survey says Carrie Nord. That Karen is correct. Nord. Wow. Karen that is Nord, correct. Um, plus Dave Stewart getting the special color artist designation for this book. Um, you know, telling the. Uh, early adventures of Conan. Um, right off the bat, I gotta say how spectacular the color art on this book is. Phenomenal, amazing. Phenomenal. I mean, this puts this. It makes it, if you want to imagine, it's like Wolverine Origin by the uh, Andy Kubert and Richard Eisenhoff. You know, he did the special kind of coloring on that book. Um. Amazing, I mean, if this was just regularly colored um, by by a color colorist, I don't think the art would look half as good. I agree. I think the style that Mister Nord uh, decided to do for this book, uh, you know, you could you can kind of tell where he left spots to be kind of colored in in a in a particular fashion, and Dave Stewart came in and unbelievable, unbelievable. You know what it reminds me of, like. Um... I don't know if you you know the movie Seven with uh, Brad Pitt and... Um, what's in the box? Yeah, what's in the box. <laughs> they took the film and actually treated it so it would come out more like a 70s, 80s type film. I haven't seen that movie in a while. So it would come out... Uh, it wouldn't be crisp. Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved about the art in Conan. And it was on purpose... Not crisp. Are we going to call it Conan or Conan? Conan? Conan. Conan? Conan? I'll call it Conan. You the can call adventurer. it whatever you want. You can call it Conan. I'll call, it, I'll call it Conan. Um, the Adventurer. Worst so, theme man song of bravery. Ever. So the book opens with... Um, I'd start with issue zero. If you get the if you get the, um, the the bundles from the Dark Horse. And this book was so good, I actually downloaded the Dark Horse app for the first time on iPad. Wow. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Um, so issue zero kind of, you know, they're, they're going through the caves and they see the statue of Conan with, you know, treasures around him. So, you know, I guess he was the son of the king, you know, and he was put in charge of finding these, finding the treasures and scouting the lands. So he sends, you know, his, his servant, his top man is like a right hand to, to find all the, the documents he could. And transcribe them and, you know, t- tell me the stories of this Conan individual. I want to hear more. So that's how the series is. It's this guy reading what was left about Conan 
and telling him the stories that were left behind. What a great angle. Fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. I love the line in issue zero where um, I think they're talking about the prince and the vizier are talking and he says, um, you know, most of the people looted this land already, so we're not going to see a lot of riches here. And then they find Conan's, I don't know, throne room, tomb, whatever it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the people respected him so much that nobody dared touch any of the treasure left at his at his feet. Mm. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, this, you know, I don't know what it is, but I didn't, I don't remember growing up on Kurt music stuff. I think I did though. I read the, when Avengers was rebooted back in the day with him and, uh, George Perez, George Perez. Uh, I, I, I have a ton of those books in my office, but every time I read something that he does, I was like, this guy is a stud. Yeah. Everything he writes. Astro, Astro City. When we read that, I remember being in awe. Uh, Superman and Secret Identity, um, and the list uh, eventually goes on. I can't think of anything else, but just I'm, I'm always in awe of his writing, no matter what it is I read. And this book was no different. Mark is in awe; he doesn't even know what yeah. to say. He's he's looking at you like you're the vizier telling the story of Conan. <laughs> so the story opens with uh, this town, you know, being looted and women being pillaged, and this woman is about to get it. And uh, Conan shows up and decapitates the hell out of the guy. Just, what a great entrance for Conan. You know, ripping the face off some guy from the neck up. Loved it. And I love how he doesn't yet have his trademark look or sword. Busick not once panders to that and puts him in that costume. You know what I mean? The, um, the Schwarzenegger costume oh, yeah. where he's got like the headband and he's got the, the barbarian sword. And that's what, you know, that was so great that he teased, not, what was it, eight issues? Uh, if Seven, you count zero, Eight yeah. issue volume? Mm-hmm. Not once that he put him in the movie costume? Like well, that. it was based on the original works. Um, I think this was adapted. And I think that's what... Oh, okay. Yeah. I did, I thought it was based on the films. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so so that that opens, you know, he saves this girl and he eventually stays at this this uh, this town... And he eventually decides to go with them to fight their enemies um, based on what they've done. And the whole time he's got this uh, plan for himself to go to, um, do you remember the, t- the town? Hyboria? Uh, Hi- Hi- Hyperborea. Yeah. Hyperborea. It's like this, uh, this, this area that's so high up and it's kind of protected by the wind so that it doesn't it doesn't get the cold weather it's got like perfect climate all the time and it's like cana the land of milk and honey mm-hmm. there's immortal gods yeah it's got these immortal people that live there and it's just happiness and you know pleasure all the time and when they live their life to the fullest they decide to gracefully bow out from the highest point of their building and and just like go down into the dark depths and end their own life and he's like, I need to go there. You know, I want to experience that. So, the whole you know this the series kind of builds up to that, or the first volume builds up to that, and eventually they get there, and it's like hell on earth because the the there's the, only like forty immortals, and there's thousands of slaves. Yeah, they have these slaves, and they they're so bored with life that they have the slaves do kind of gladiator esque fights. And eventually, when they do decide to kill themselves, they take their slaves with them, and there could be like you know forty slaves right. for one uh, hyperbia. And um, in hyperbian, the immortal race is only immortal because they basically use up the lives of their slaves, and just before they're about to die, they suck their soul out. Yeah, and use it to make themselves immortal. I got depressed when I when we got to like the halfway point, and you see what the the, the people are like. I was like, yeah. oh, poor Conan. Yeah, that was like nice his guy. boyhood dream shattered. It was almost like my dream at that point when I was reading it. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> oh, I just want the best for Conan." Uh, but but how how about um in the course of his time in Hyperborea, uh, he befriends a slave girl. Oh god! And this uh, she gives him a was it a special weed that it if was he a special, eats it, it was the leaf. Yeah, he can break the mind control of the immortals. And uh, he says, I'm going to throw a revolution. You need to give me all that you have. So she does and says, all right, here's all the the magic leaf. I'll meet you at this staircase. 
Yeah, so she will leave. He's like, we're not leaving until I have you know my people that I befriended with us. So she only has enough leaf for him and her, and and he fights. He's like, I'm not leaving without them. And she eventually she she says yes. So she so they have he breaks all his buddies out, and uh, eventually they fight the um, the people, the hyperbians. Hyperboreans? <laughs> the H's. They fight the H's, um, but Conan, you know, gets knocked out during the fight, so he wakes up and he doesn't know what time it is, but it's now the time of the slave girl's owner for the end of his time, and he decides to kill himself. So all his slaves are with him and and he, he like tries to stop him and he and he sees her in line, you know, ready to jump off the edge. And he's like, "What's wrong? Why aren't you stopping? What's you, you know?" He's like, "Why isn't she using the leaf?" And then he realizes that she gave all the last of her, you know, leaves to him and his friends so that they could, you know, stage an uprising. So now she's powerless to stop herself from jumping off the edge uh, of the bridge, and all he can oh do is just God. stand there and watch her jump off the edge. And the end of that reveal is when they're about to kill him and he says f this and he jumps off too (laughs) that was so good (laughs) and then oh how sad was it though when he finds the slayed bodies of his comrades Mm. and decides to uh burn them and then leaves the immortals there for the creatures to eat them what a what a great book book. i can't recommend this book enough i was when dale dale recommended he's not even here uh he recommended it I was like, ugh, Conan, I gotta read that. And then I read it, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Paging through it. Amazing. How about um the the final issue uh wraps up um the Asir storyline. The Asir were the Vikings that Conan had befriended and was uh chasing the rival Vanir tribe. And um the two were were really the one guy um, becomes jealous of Conan because he, uh, what is girl? And then, uh, was like the, the lead warrior, right. you know, and got all the credit. So he decides he's going to sell Conan to these hyperbarians, but, um, they show up too soon. So he ends up giving away the whole clan's warriors. So Conan at this point figures out the only person who could have betrayed them, tracks him down, spends like, months tracking this guy down to a village shows up and just like kills the guy in the street and the uh the hotel owner's like you can't do that you just can't murder anybody in the street and Conan like whips around and pulls the sword out he's like and what I really meant to say is anyone from around here can't do it but since you don't live here you know let me give you free hotel and like it's like the perfect bookend of this like revenge story the uh the 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 part where he jumps off the Hyperboreans, uh, you know, their death walk, and he, like, climbs down. And uh, he, after he burns his friends, he climbs up again just to, like, and, and then leaves. Like, I was, as I was waiting for, like, the ultimate revenge issue where he, like, goes up there and just, like, destroys them all. And well, it didn't happen. He says in his uh, inner monologue, he's like, I know... That just me, I I would die in vain. So I was like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get more badass. I'm gonna get an army and I come back and I'm gonna crush this place. <laughs> I mean, if that if that's like, I gotta find out if that's like an upcoming story because I will buy every issue leading up to that. Uh, I wonder what the numbering is into now because this came out. It's a while in the fifties, is it? Yeah, yeah, this came out like maybe five years ago or longer. Something like that. I want to say oh yeah. four. Mark, your thoughts on Conan? The art, I agree with you guys. Uh, I gotta be honest, I didn't read it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Both of them stare at me wide-eyed like I just spoiled a movie. Uh, I did read it, but to me, the opening arcs, you the opening me. three issues felt like your basic infiltration and assimilation story. To me, it started off just exactly how you said, Slim. He comes across this woman in danger, and he saves her, escorts her back to the rival camp. And it turns out in another time, another place, the people that this woman belongs to, belongs with, are his enemies. And through the course of dialogue, and after they thump each other's chest to decide who's dominant, it's discovered that they have a common enemy. So the lead chieftain decides to invite Conan. Conan comes along, and throughout the course of the voyage, 
they become friends. And this is where Jonesy, that guy you were talking about, I guess, gets jealous and decides to betray him. All of that was cool, but it, it didn't get me engaged. What got me engaged was when uh, Conan and the rest of the crew are ambushed. And he's climbing up there trying to get to the traitors, not knowing that they're traitors at the time. And he's begging them for help, saying, guys, we can still win this. Here's what we'll do. And the guy kicks him in the face, showing that he doesn't have allegiance to him. And this is what causes them to lose the fight, and they get sold into slavery. At that point was when I got hooked, when they were at Hyperborea. And you find out that it's a twisted version of everything that Conan thought. That's when it got good to me. Hmm. Uh I especially like the revelation of instead of them floating to the heavens, the Hyperboreans when they're immortalized. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Instead of floating, spoiler if you're interested, they fall to their deaths and they take all of their slaves with them. And the big revelation to that was, wait a minute, they've got like a hundred slaves. All these people just march off in vain and die. Hmm. So as soon as that clock was ticking and you realize that the girl that Conan's befriended owner is going to kill himself. That's when I really started turning the pages, but I'm not going to lie. The first three issues kind of a chore for me to get through. There was one great part where he's with the Azir at night and they're ready to like do battle. There was one point where he's sitting and kind of looking back on what's happened. And he's like, I, you know, I, the, uh, the Azir are like my, you know, enemies of my people. And I've come to realize that they're like, they're good people just like me. And, um, you know, they're not anything like I was brought up to think. And then he was thinking, he's like, well, what about their enemies? If, if I was so wrong about them, you know, maybe, maybe we're all wrong about our own enemies and their enemies. And it was like, this was a great page. It was like this introspection of Conan, like thinking that maybe, you know, maybe not everyone is as we think they are. And it kind of, it kind of alluded to what was going to happen in, uh, Hyperborea. And it seemed like, I guess the thing that I found, it didn't hit me until the end of the arc was Conan won the battles, but he didn't seem like he won the war. He would always win minor fights, but the big epic battles where you would expect him to lead his comrades out victoriously, or he'd get the girl and they would all leave together, he lost. His comrades got killed, the girl got killed, and Maybe I hope they keep doing this past the seven issue arc that we read, but it was nice to see that the hero just didn't win all the time. He hasn't won yet. He hasn't won. He won all the minor fights and skirmishes with the humans, but as soon as it came down to to a big epic moment where traditionally the hero wins, he didn't. And that was cool. Eight issues in, I don't think he got anything he wanted. I hate to say it, but I think one of the big criticisms why I didn't like the book at first is because... And credit to Busick's writing on this. He wrote it so well that he kind of wrote it in ye old English, where the names are a little bit harder to understand and to read fluently. Mm. And he wrote the syntax and the manner that Conan thinks and speaks in a way that traditionally we don't read a lot. It's not heavy ye old, but it's just not common vernacular that we are used to. So it took a little bit more concentration, but once you get past that, I found myself getting more engaged to issues in. I saw a lot of parallels with Battle Chasers and while I was reading this. I agree. Um, when, like, they're kind of explaining a new world around a hero, like an, almost like an anti-hero type deal, but uh, Conan did it so much better. You know, it was like a slow burn with meeting new characters. There wasn't, you know, a ton of dialogue. You know, there was a lot of, you know, great shots where this, you know, the landscape told the story and... And they never took the focus off of Conan. Like in uh, Battle Chasers, you had to follow 10 or 12 different plot lines. Mm -hmm. Where Conan was, you walked with Conan the entire adventure. You're right. And um, Was there maybe less than five scenes? And that was just to set up the villain's reaction to go after Conan? You're right. Uh, One of the reasons I also like this and other non-Big 2 books is because in here, the characters you get attached to, the supporting characters, they die. I enjoyed watching Conan bonding with his enemy and realizing that not only is the enemy of my enemy my friend, and as you get to know them and as you get to care about their relationship, 
dang it, he's dead. I thought he was really about to say, I enjoy watching that guy die. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, what a book. Yeah, what a book. Total 180 from last week, huh, fellas? I would have never bought bought these books if it wasn't for the show. The first three issues were a chore for me to get through, but the second I finished it, not only did I love it, went back to my local comic book store and bought the floppies. There you go. Yeah, Yeah, that's just the circle of life. I think I'm going to continue to read this uh, well after... Uh, Paper King. Well, after we're long and and buried, is Mm -hmm. that what you're trying to get at? I think that's inappropriate. I'll probably buy issue nine when you guys leave. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. (laughs) Take us out, piano. Letters at paperkeg.com. You write us in. Um, we may read it. No guarantees. We'll probably read it. No guarantees. Mark Farrington, former DC historian. Do we have anything this week? We got a few. All right. Uncredited. Oh, this is my favorite. They usually <laughs> go after me when they're uncredited. <laughs> now, nah, buddy, this is going up over to uh, some of our other paper keg members. Oh, Mark tried listening to the Comics Roundtable podcast the other day. Shout out to them, by the way. Those guys are pretty good. I just wish they didn't use Skype. Will they be coming to New York Comic Con? Mm. I think they are uh, slated to come to the uh, NYCC. Uh, no plans, I don't think, yet to have a Paper Keg East West group podcast, but, you know. When we had a writer's meeting about two weeks ago via Skype, and we were talking about our plans to come up to New York, and if I recall, there was still a question mark around Mandy Boo, uh, John Stump and Cameron. Uh, I think Stump and Cameron will be there. I don't think Mandy Boo will. You know what, guys? When you hear this, shout out on Twitter. Let us know if you're coming. Um, I will be there. Do we get a hotel? I think Dale was on that, wasn't he? <laughs> I will only be there Saturday. We can't stay in your office? Uh, no, can't sleep on the I floor? I don't think so. I don't think the comicsology offices are available with cots. We'll get invited to some sweet comic after party, though, right? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's a no. Uh, I don't even know what my schedule is that weekend. You know what no that? W- you know what, Mark? You know what that was? Fine. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I know my schedule will be thus: working Friday, working Saturday, working Sunday, and then uh, that's it. You're not working Thursday. There's Thursday too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fudge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, working Thursday as well. <laughs> Um, I'll be kissing babies and shaking hands. You did that so well in Baltimore, by the way. Ah, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. We forgot to do this last week. Oh, the ticker. Good call. Now it feels like letters. Johnny R is asking, Paper Keg, Justice League number one probably stinks, but the art looks good. Jeff John sucks, and so does Mark from Liking Kingdom Come. Oh, my. Also, Did walking... you write this letter yourself? <laughs> About He's how much I suck? <laughs> Also, walking Batgirl is better than a crippled Oracle. Johnny R. I agree with him on is that. Is there last a question point. in there? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all. I agree with the last point. I will say that. No one cares about Oracle, let's be honest. Tell can that we, to the nerdy we, bird. Can we be honest here? No. <laughs> no. Can't be honest. <laughs> no. What the hell is wrong with you? Come on, This now. is definitely going in the wing column. That was I, a great episode. Uh, everyone knows... Their true feeling is about Oracle. You you pull uh, seven out of ten comic readers; they don't give a crap about Oracle. I don't Moving know if on. I can condone that. <laughs> I mean, I love Batgirl. I love Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Since when? Sign me up. Since Joel Schumacher's movies. I don't know. <laughs> you said Joel Schumacher. <laughs> oh God. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna be buying Batgirl. There it is. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna borrow yours. I thought you were buying all the new number ones. You turned to read all new number ones. <laughs> oh, I, I think we could go back to the tape yeah, and, really. and find out where you said you're going to buy them all. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I'm I think you go even kick- calculated how much it would cost you. Do they have to have Barbara Gordon back walking? Yes. Yeah. No, they don't. You know what? Maybe you should start your own DC Comics. You and McElhanley. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Starring Catman. I'll be sure to pirate those books. I'm not going to buy them. 
Wow. <laughs> Is that a paid comicsology employee? Endorsing, oh, wow. Endorsing piracy? <laughs> Listen, oh, your DC mini company, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be off the ground for a while. I'll so. do it just to spite you. What would you call your DC Comics company? I'd try to work the word black in the title somewhere. <laughs> what else can you do? I don't know. Jonesy, any Jonesy thoughts before I get scared. the next letter? I, I'm just trying to come up with a black comics title in my head. I can't think of anything. Is that it for letters? No, we, nah, we got one more. The Blacktive Comics? <laughs> That's almost as good as good practice. <laughs> From Norman Kay saying, Dear Paper Keg team, anyone reading Daredevil? I'm not, because four dollar comics are for suckers. Also, Jonesy, you stink. Scalp was great. There's I, another I, scalp lover. But I never said I didn't like scalp. What was if your memory opinion serves, on scalp? Jonesy wasn't on the I episode. said I would refuse to read it because it polarized the group. <laughs> and I stand by that. I think you should read it. So now now I stink for not reading scalp? Maybe, I can't I can't maybe. escape. Maybe. Clearly, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You weren't even on the show. Who was yeah. the guy that emailed uh, Black Sun Patrol? No, the the guy that really laid into Gen Z. What was his name? Oh, I have to go through the old letters. Oh, what was it? Hang on. Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> Don't yeah. fake laugh. Also known as Just Dave. <laughs> Are you going to defend Daredevil? Uh, why, what were his reasons for not liking Daredevil? Four dollar books. Are for suckers. Quote. I, hey, I I agree. Four dollar books are way too much, uh, and I think really only Daredevil or Mark Wade fans are really buying that book. So I, I think you're half right. Huh. You know what? I feel like comic book fans overthink this very simple idea. If you don't like a book, don't buy it. I think you should follow your own advice. Be honest well, here. After reading all fifty-two DC comics, I'm sure I will be. You're not even going to get near my iPad after the new fifty-two, my friend. You're a good friend. <laughs> Any uh, closing remarks? Good show. As we round out for another... Definitely one of the win columns. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, um, I miss Dale. Count, I wish you well. Countdown to the big 2-5 yeah. episode coming up. Big. Where we'll have our top three comics of all time. And maybe some other surprises. We gotta get Beth Corto on the show for the Buffy episode. We're having a Buffy episode? Yeah. Yeah, just Dave's that, gonna either. fill in for me on that one. <laughs> and me too, right? <laughs> Pretty much it'll just be me and Beth and Dave. (laughs) And maybe Dale if he's still alive. I'm sure your wives won't approve that. (laughs) Uh, We will see everyone next week where the book will be determined. We don't know what it is yet. Nope. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for being here. Goodbye. 